Hey guys, Camila here. So before we get into the show, I just want to let you know that there's going to be an interview in the middle of the show at some point. Um, when I recorded the episode, I forgot to give a proper introduction for the segment and to our guest, Christopher Cullen of WhedonCon. And so I didn't want to just kind of slide in an interview without giving you all a heads up and without giving Chris a proper introduction. Um, Chris was a delight. He was super funny. This was our first time speaking. He was um, like really cool about agreeing to come on the show. And um, yeah, so he talks all about WhedonCon and what to expect for this year um, and uh, how you can get your tickets and your memberships and all of the excitement that's going to be happening. So, yeah. So let's get into the show. Scene one, Apple, take one. You can read dreams? It's neat. Giles, Kathy, Kathy, Giles. He's our grown-up friend. Uh, uh, not in a creepy way. Nice to meet you, Kathy. Ditto. Maybe you can read the dream I had last night. There was, like, this monster, and he sat on me, and he did all this stuff to me. Stuff like scorpions and... Bloody Mary minus the Mary. That's it. How'd you know? Well, I'm a good guesser. Me too. And I'm guessing that you need to be on your way to class, right, Kat? <laughs> Sounds like somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. <laughs> and guess what? You were next to it. Scene one, Apple, take one. Hello, friends. It is that time again. It's time to go back to Sunnydale with Revisiting Sunnydale. Yay! I'm your host, Camila, and usually I am joined by Marcella, but Marcella is all sick and stuff today. She has a cold. But, never fear, my hubby, my partner in crime, my coexisting Buffy fanatic love monkey, (laughs) Daniel, is here. You guys may know him. He's been in a, on a couple of episodes before. Daniel, say hello. You might know me as IMD. IMD. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan is here filling in for Marcella. Wow. Thanks for such an intro. My heart is glowing. <laughs> Your heart is glowing. Okay. Hopefully not for reals because then you'd be Iron Man. It's mm. the glowing mm. chest. Yeah. Glowing yeah. No, I'll take That's that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. Iron Man. He's also Iron Man, um, but it's funny because you're wearing the Spider-Man shirt right now. But it clearly says, I'm not saying I'm Spider-Man, <laughs> I'm just saying you'd never see me and Spider-Man in the same room. And that's true. That's a true statement. It is true. So I'm we all about the truth. I don't really know. Like, you could be Spider-Man. I used to think I was. That would explain all the random <laughs> spiders. I was six. <laughs> so this is episode 56 of Revisiting Sunnydale. As always, there are going to be spoilers. And as always, I'm going to ask y'all to please like our Facebook page, Revisiting Sunnydale, and to also follow us on Twitter at Back to Sunnydale. And also, please, 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 could you be so kind as to go on to iTunes and rate and review us? So we can look like we are a respectable podcast. And international. <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast is also on Libsyn. So, because Marcella's not here today, I'm not going to do any unboxing because she also likes to see the stuff that I have. And plus, I only have one thing to unbox. And because NerdBlock is... Wait, wait, hold on. Questions at the end. Um, and NerdBlock is late with my April box. This might cause me to break up with them. Oh, 
I doubt it. So what question did you have there, Danny? <laughs> because I'm looking around your office here. I'm like, now this is the studio. reason why I need to, <laughs> well, I need to pause, hit pause on nerd block. <laughs> maybe, maybe, or learn to evolve uh, the collection and 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 sell some stuff on Etsy. That you, you mean can... eBay? I can't sell this on Etsy. Okay. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But I just wanted to, I was just, I have a question for you. Who graces? So there's a shelf in the studio of Rugged Angel Studios, Mm -hmm. Rugged Angel Productions. Sure. Uh, studios and I see there's that 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 redheaded dude is uh, Abraham. Yeah, from Walking Dead. He's represented well. He is. Yeah. Uh, who made it to the shelf? Well, first of all, this was just these people. Everyone, all the Funkos on this shelf. This was all that I owned at one point. These are so Funko it was pops. like yeah Funko Pop. So these were it was just like everybody that I got got on the shelf. And then at some point I got to where I, they don't fit anymore. Ah, They all don't fit. I thought it was curated. So yeah, but then I I kind of did curate as to where everybody that has, that's more than one in the same fandom in the same universe, they're up here. Okay. Except for Marie Laveau from uh, American horror story. She's a standalone. Yeah. That was the first one that I got. Gotcha. And, um, I don't own any other American horror she, She's ones. right next to... Uh... Rachel, which I need to fix that. <laughs> Rachel Green. Yeah, actually, I, need to, I would like to put her <laughs> in the do middle. do you need to fix she that? She needs to be in the center, I think. Marie. Marie, yeah. Just to clarify. Okay. Yeah, so so all of these guys are in groups <laughs> except for Marie. So everybody else that's like elsewhere, like I've got John Bender from Breakfast Club. I took him out of the box, actually. He's up on top of the shelf standing next to Dexter. That's the first and only Whoa. only Funko that I took out of the box. Outside the... Well, of course, because you can't <laughs> confine him. <laughs> he cannot be contained. <laughs> hey, 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 But I yeah. think I forgot to show you that I got Cousin Eddie last month from uh, National Lampoon's vacation. Christmas vacation. <laughs> I was trying to decide if he should just be strictly Christmas. Like, should I put him away with the Christmas decorations and only bring him out at that point in time? I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah that makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that makes sense to me, too, because okay. it's Christmas vacation. Right. I mean, he's so great. <laughs> right. Randy Quaid at his finest. <laughs> right. Uh, and I love that John Bender's outside the box. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, so I'm slowly trying to, like, this weekend will be... This is part of me, um, my spring cleaning. Oh, really? This area. Oh, wow. I was so, just curious. Yeah, so I'll be doing some renovate, some re So can you quickly just give us a rundown of who okay, made Okay, so what I have on the shelf, on the one shelf here, the prominent shelf, I have the Peanuts, including Lucy, Linus, Charlie Brown, and Sally. And then I have the Walking Dead group with Prison Glenn, <laughs> Daryl Dixon, Abraham, Michonne, and Morgan. And Negan. And then I have Boondock Saints boys, Connor and Murphy McManus. And I have a Karate Kid group with Daniel and Johnny. And I have three... Oh, man. Daniel LaRusso looks great. Doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Man, good work, Funko Pop. That is some swell craftsmanship. And then I've got three of the six friends from the TV show Friends, Joey, Chandler, and Rachel. And then I have Marie Laveau, a.k.a. Angela Bassett. From or Bassett, I'm pretty. I think I want to make her last name fancier than it actually is from American Horror Story. I think it's allowed. She's pretty fancy. She is. She's I mean, pretty awesome. Yeah, she's Grace. She's, I think you know that's like the yeah. I, I would very much like to meet Angela Bassett if anybody. Yeah, wants right. It. Let's put that out there. Come on, <laughs> bring it. All right. Well, cool. Well, that's uh, right on. Very so, cool. Yeah. So that's that. 
In lieu of unboxing, yes. Nerdbox will unbox this nerd <laughs> her Funko Pop this collection. Nerd's Funko shelf. There you have it. All right, so what we're going to do that we're talking today about terrible roommates. That right. Is... <laughs> right. So before we get into it, do you have a terrible roommate story? I think I am people's <laughs> terrible roommate story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jason's. There's a couple of Jasons in there. Jason Berman, in particular. But man, that was probably the worst. I felt bad for him now. Oh. But um, nonetheless, we're still friends. Well, that's good. You managed yeah. to walk through it. Yeah, come, I change. Come, I, come, I respond to feedback. Come through on the other side. Um, I mean, I never had like a terrible roommate story, but I do have a story that was like a terrible like one-off. So. And it wasn't, I, don't, I still don't know who was responsible to this day, but um, I lived with two other girls, and I'm not going to call them out by name. And um, I had already decided that I was moving out to a new apartment, and I think I had like a couple weeks or something like that beforehand. And it was at Christmas break through school, at school. So I leave to go home to Toledo for Christmas break for like a week. And, um, and my plan was to move out and everything like in within like the next two weeks, slowly, sort of. But um, so I come back from Christmas break. Everybody else has also gone home for Christmas. I'm the first one back and I come back to a flooded apartment. I was the first one to leave and I'm the first one back. So I did not do this. So I come back to a flooded apartment mm. <laughs> 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 on the third floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is a disaster for many people. Yes, or on the second floor. Luckily, my room was on the third floor. It was like in the attic. So none of my stuff was was messed up. Oh, right on. But so I have no, I still to this day have no idea how long everything, but it was funky as hell <laughs> in there. And I still don't know what happened. And I just was like, you know what? And I just pa- I packed up my car as best I could. And I went on. I was like, can I come, <laughs> come move in now? And like, yes. And so I went on to the new apartment and I just left it as, as it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, karma came back to you, ended up working for apartment right. companies and had to go exactly. deal with that. But anyway. And what's funny is like, so, I got my karma too. We all so after like they they all moved out and everything, somebody, a mutual friend, moved into that apartment. And years later, I went back to that apartment for a party, and it still smelled musty, like flood water. Right. There. You got to put a dehumidifier in there and a fan on it. You seen how you see how right. I do when there's a when there's a spill. Anyway, so a yeah, leak, I should say. Yep. So uh, yeah, that's like the worst. Well, Luckily, I, I I pretty much lucked out with. Well, speaking of roommates, I mean, is it appropriate to kind of bring up in the in the Buffyverse universe, you know, I have my story with how I got introduced to Buffy mm. was a, a work co-worker right. for you. Oh, we've talked about it on the oh, show. And it actually, was your roommate. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mar- yeah. Yes, yes, Marcel and I have yes, talked about so this sad on the she's show. Not here. I know. This is almost guys, perfect. Right. Well, it's almost pretty good that she's not here because because I can ask questions about you too. <laughs> did she well, put her name on food? Did no, you? No, but I, I did. Like for the for like a week, maybe not even a week, maybe a couple days. I did do the whole play a song on repeat. Did you? So Marcella does have that story. <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> about <Yay. me. laughs> it's so rare to get a story like that about you. So yeah, I, I was, and you know, to my defense, it was like my first time out of my mother's house. Like, sure. you know, I was, so. What song was it? Oh, uh, it's so embarrassing. Come on. So embarrassing. Still. 
It was Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. Really? <laughs> was, for whatever reason, I was feeling that song. Right. For, <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy. Going crazy. <laughs> well, you know, adulthood could feel like that. It, <laughs> right. It, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. So embarrassing. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. But Thank yeah. you for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you haven't guessed, today we're talking about living conditions. Um, this is season four, episode two. Um, uh, I think I... Okay. So, so they just started the college. Yeah, we're just starting know, and college. And this is season, or episode two. Right. And um, this original air date was October 12th, 1999. And this was written by Marty Noxon and directed by David Grossman. Hmm. In summary, Buffy finds herself at odds with her new roommate and is troubled by a series of disturbing dreams involving a soul-sucking demon. Um... It's kind of like the suite of College 101 by Joss Whedon. So did you have a, um, did you live on campus at any I point did. in time? I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, I lived in, it was kind of great. I lived in three different dorms because, mm-hmm. like I said, Jason Berman and I were friends. And I That's did try right. to keep the friendship, so I had to move out. <laughs> I was the one that had to leave, right? <laughs> and uh, I ended up in a dorm uh, full of singles as opposed to doubles. Gotcha. And it was like all the people who had just barely got in, you know, were last minute signups. And so I had a very interesting floor, not to say that my other floor wasn't interesting. That's where I met Michael shoulders as well. A great roommate. You know, I've been blessed with great roommates, but, uh, and then I came back as like, uh, in residence life as a diversity advocate, Right. you know, kind of like a residence assistant. Uh, so I was there for a couple of years. All right. So we, our special guests, I, I never, I think Marcel and I talked about this last episode, but I never had to live in, um, dorms or college on college campus. Um, so our special guest stars for this episode are Dagny Kerr as Kathy Newman and Adam Kaufman as Parker Abrams. All right. So this is kind of a throwaway episode. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of character development and things like that? Yeah. Well, I will say this. I mean, there was, it was, there's a couple of things that I think are important to the overall story arc. Okay. And there's two of them. One is, and they're both about Giles. Okay. This is, <laughs> even though this isn't a Giles centric episode, this is kind of like one of the last, uh, this is that transition period mm-hmm. where the relationship between Giles and Buffy is changing, obviously, right. where they're both trying to become more independent. Right. And he also talks about you have to learn to tolerate people's idiosyncrasies, which I'm not even sure I know how to spell off the top of my head, <laughs> but, but I feel that. <laughs> and I think I know what that word means, yes. you know, but I'm not 100% sure I should it's just probably. more like, up. you know, uh, quirks. Yeah, um, oddities. L- yeah, perhaps. little things that you're not used to that you may find annoying, but that's just their usual beat. I think I, I think I'm one of those people who has a lot of idiosyncrasies, but no. nobody's bothered to have a proper intervention. No. Yeah, no, I think well, it's no, true. I, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> there's one of them. I, my laugh. For I don't think that's an idiosyncrasy, but I just I just feel like um, I don't think all idiosyncrasies are things that need to be corrected. Exactly. Like there's yes, exactly. Some right. of the some of them are actually endearing and they're what make us unique. Right. If you will. And I think that's what Giles probably was trying to get across, you know, as he this is he's trying to teach a lesson. Right. 
Right. Ultimately, within this episode, we'll get to that. The lesson failed. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there was a lot of different moments in there. And we'll get to them, though, about the what I will call the parent-child conflict. But in Giles's and Buffy's case, it's like the caretaker-child mm-hmm. conflict. And so that's it. Yeah. That's what I think that episode was really about, which was important for the character development of both the characters and for the audience to start to get kind of a normalized. It was more about us mm-hmm. than it was about the characters. I'll give you that. Okay. Because it was like, this is the College 101 series. And right. it just kind of really template. You know, you just have to establish the world that Buffy's about to embark into, which yeah. we know is super complicated and involved and all that yeah. other stuff. But they had to orient us that we're not in high school anymore and we're going in college and dealing with the normal college growing pains. Right. Like your roommate. Yeah. And which is every we can all relate to that, oh, which yeah. is why the episode works so well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So I mean, I'm not, when I say it's a throwaway, it's not really that it's a bad episode, but I know, it's you just got one my feelings. <laughs> but it's just the fact that, you know, it's one of those that I, I when I rewatch, I very rarely. Right, because nobody wants it. to relive the bad roommates. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a story that must have been That's told. Fair. And yeah. so Joss Whedon <laughs> and crew tackled it. <laughs> so we like come in on this episode with Buffy and Kathy like in a discussion, basically. And uh, uh, Kathy is questioning that Buffy is going out so late. And, you know, I just didn't know you'd be going out at all hours of the night. You know, she's being very just like, nah, I just, you know, you know, I, you're doing these things. I don't really like them. But no, it's fine. Right. Passive aggressive. <laughs> yes. I mean, just establish right off the top the and really the really effed up thing is that you know kathy is playing share like we're hearing right share. right let me just touch on that for a second because i do because one i think you posited this moment and left the room so i had time to write <laughs> nonetheless uh it's like just the beginning is like enter buffy right uh-huh. and so it's just a, sh- a shot of her right and you hear uh, I believe in life after love yeah. by, by Cher, right? right? It's just on loop. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so this is introducing the topic of roommate, the bad roommate, right? <laughs> in on loop. <laughs> believe in love, which is stuck in my head now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? She's ironing her jeans. Uh, ironing her jeans. Right? She's questioning her hours. She's explaining that she's created systems, and one of them is for the phone bill. <laughs> and then we're establishing rules about the sharing, not of food, just milk. Milk. <laughs> just milk. milk. Apparently we're just going to tackle milk. The line. Right. Exactly. And the then two, the two tablespoons of milk she used for her coffee was just too much for Kathy. Right. And then I'm thinking like this is the same woman somehow I believe she has a Celine Dion poster, but I'm not sure that was established in this yes, episode. It was established last episode. In the last episode. So it was okay. the first thing she right. puts up right. when she gets this. So this is the bad roommate. And I'm like, yes, this is such a horrible roommate. And I'm like, how would Faith have entered this room and said cuz when she starts questioning Buffy, Buffy's all apologetic and right. like I, I, I would have murdered her. Oh, right. So I want to play that out, right? Exactly. I want to see that. So fan fiction writers if you're out there, I want you to come back to season 4 episode 2 and rewrite it as though Faith had just gotten to college and this was her roommate and how that shit would have gone down. Oh, I would have cursed on this show. It, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yes, it would have yeah, it would have not gone well. Um so uh yeah, so she's doing all this stuff. And then the, what's really, like, troubling is that they're having this conversation and 
Kathy stops in the middle of the conversation. The song has stopped playing. She stops in the middle and mid sentence and goes and starts the song back again. Right. <laughs> That's right. And, <laughs> right. And I was thinking, this isn't even like an iPod loop. Like she has no. to manually do this. This is the days of CDs, right? right. It's 1999. <laughs> yes. You could get your CD to go to the song you wanted, but now yeah. fast forward your tape with a revolution. <laughs> she, yes, exactly. So she goes back to it. So just to prove how uh, nerve grating she is. Right. So um, Buffy's like, I got to go get a decaf latte. Yeah. Peace. So, right? you know, Buffy's trying, like, she's, you know, she's hanging on by a thread at this right. point. Right, right. And she finally escapes to go to patrol. And um, I think she, she's like, she meets up with Willow in there. Right, she's, exactly. She's That's bitching. always important. Yeah. They have their 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 punning and quipping yes. moments, which yes. are awesome. There's and a lot just of that. Establishing the friendship again and right. putting the fans back into the Buffy verse. Kind of what we know. Yeah, like, exactly. This is what they're this walking what around good. at night. Right. <laughs> what I do want to say, again, because you had paused it here and I had time to write, <laughs> that <laughs> I'm looking at the way they're dressed, right? I'm oh like, is Buffy wearing a trench coat and a hoodie? And like Willow's look at extra cosmopolitan (laughs) Buffy is wearing like a sweatshirt with a hood kind of thing it's like not really a sweatshirt more fashion sweatshirt okay sure and yes there's a trench coat a trench coat and those uh those capri pants that she was wearing like capri jeans with like some crazy patterned cuff right business happening right (sighs) and then you know and then they do a good job too i think i just want to make note of this because it's it's a quandary of how do you introduce a character's name right Mm. and so when buffy walks in the room and sees her roommate and all that stuff when willow's talking to buffy later she's like oh problems with kathy again just to kind of reinforce the name you know like i thought that was good a good way to yeah. reinforce that this was a person right and kathy also made her uh, made it very clear later on like, oh what yeah right exactly <laughs> by writing her name on all the food all the and eggs. all the eggs right all the eggs so just a couple of things to mention <laughs> about the writing and establishing a character's name right um but uh anyway so you know willow goes off to see oz right mm-hmm. which is also reaffirming for us because they moved from high school right. to college and so you wonder if the relationship stayed or not she's got her, co- her college boyfriend living on campus exactly and then you hear the just you know the signature grr arg you know the the demon growls and then you see these like fluorescent green blue lit eyes right and then they cut to the opening credits rock right. and roll it's like grr arg <laughs> it's just so well done it's so good um <laughs> so we come back and um Buffy's still just going on, on patrol, and Kathy crashes. She just comes out of nowhere. She's like, oh, I, sound, I, fi- I realized, you know, decaf latte sounded really good right now. Uh. And then Buffy's, like, trying to be cool still, and they're attacked by a de- the demon with the glowing eyes. And, you know, Buffy saves her. Demon gets away. Kathy is a little bit out of shape that her sweatshirt was ruined. Right. A little muddy. A little dirty. Well, it no. was a sweater. Let's oh, be fair. Sweater, sweater, whatever, <laughs> Kathy. Whatever. And so, um, you know, they go back home and the, the demon, there's two demons. And they're like, oh, you know, this that's the one we're looking for. And obviously we think that they're talking about the Slayer. Right. So, you know, they decide to follow them is what their thing is. So we just keep kind of cutting back and forth a little bit with these demons. Um, just getting little bits and pieces of information. And so... You know, next day, Buffy's hanging out. Like, she's trying to avoid Kathy by hanging with, around Giles. 
Right, 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 which was also great. So it's like Enter Giles, right? She's at his apartment, so that was kind of new, too, because he had had a house or something like that before. Well, no, he's always had that apartment. Oh, okay. But what you did not see the last episode, the first episode of this season was um, when Buffy rolls in to Giles' apartment unannounced. Oh, and his girl's there yeah. from London. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like real. And she was totally nonplussed by it. She was in his shirt. Right. Sexy as hell. I was, I in was the kitchen. Like, like, she's standing there, no pants on. Right. Giles walks in. He's wearing a robe. I'm sure Buffy smelled sex in the Right, because we did. Right. We were watching on TV. Right, right. exactly. As well as that. Like, nobody, was, like, Giles was way too comfortable with what was that. It was like, hey, what's going on, Buffy? You need right. some help? Right, right, exactly. So, so basically, Buffy goes to update Giles, you know, after he's done with his jog. And all she really is able to give him is, you know, he had glowy green eyes and orangey skin. Trump? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> <laughs> predicting the future. Uh, and then, you know, she's complaining about her roommate again. And, and Giles is like, well, you know, Kathy was there, you know, right? Yeah. And he and he's, he's like, discourage the tag along if you can. <laughs> I thought that was great. He just yes. went off that. Right. Um, so, yeah, so this is when Giles gives his little... His uh, little advice, just basically, you know, Buffy, you're just, you got to deal with it. You know, you're an only child. Of course, this is new to you, living, sharing your space with somebody new that you don't know. And plus, you know, she's got a fucking big secret. I don't, I still don't understand why she just didn't request Willow to be her roommate from right. the beginning. From jump. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure that's a thing that it you is. can do that. Yes, you can. <laughs> so, right. Well, I don't know. Had she run away during the time it was time to put in college applications? Uh, she may have been too and late. So she because was I like remember, last, yeah, yeah, I remember. I think the I, I think I recall her being like last minute. Right. So that's the. So if you're not yet in college and you're thinking about applying, remember that. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> the ones that apply last usually end up with the bad roommate situations because it's last minute. You stuff. don't want to get yourself a Kathy. It's just a reason to do it early. <laughs> we take to Kathy in the dorm room by herself and she's miffed about her shirt and she's like scrubbing it and then she decides that she wants to go snooping around in Buffy's closet and go borrow a sweatshirt. And so she's a snoop too, which is mm. it's extra, extra wrong. And she finds what I call I'm gonna give a I'm gonna create a few phrases this show if okay. you don't mind. Okay. The buffinry arsenal. Mm. It's not like as good weaponry. As, not, not not as good as what was it? Buffy, buffering, buffing. What she was it? Bu- to to buffy, is a verb. Okay. She she buffied. I, I don't think that was what you said. It was like you buffering when Buffy puns. You you called it something. Bufferize, perhaps. It's too bad know. you can't remember what. It was. I'll have to listen to the episode. <laughs> I will but, not be dissuaded. I will continue to the buffinry. Okay. Yes, the buffinry or arsenal. It's two or, words. Or barsenal. Barsenal. The buff. Buff. Buffsenal. Buffinal. Nope. Buffy's weapons bag. Right, which was also strange. Like I don't remember seeing stake crosses in other shows or episodes, but there was one oh, yeah. there. That's our usual bag of tricks. Oh, okay. But I just don't know why she didn't hide it as well as she could have. Like right. it seems like it was just kind of right there, just laying. Just and, so she knew, like sort of opened already. And... Right, right. Well, and then you know they cut immediately to uh, an ew predator alert moment. <sighs> when okay, so here's the, this is when she meets Parker, <sighs> right? Parker Abrams, if you will. And I've got quite a few things to say about this young ladies. 
if a man approaches you and he says, you know, there are signs that you are, fill in the blank, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to a predator. <laughs> so apparently he's gone down a checklist already. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he starts off with, this is his opening line to yeah. her. You know, there are signs you're a freshman. And then, you know, the other sign is there's more to it, right? If mm. you got that, then you get the other one is talk smarmy or fake. Yeah. Plus too much. Yeah. <laughs> You're dealing with the predator. Exactly. His <laughs> his whole everything was very well rehearsed. Yeah. Like like he had just he's he had said this. to his friends 20 minutes earlier, <laughs> dudes, the best place to pick up freshmen is the cafeteria. <laughs> you know that happened, right? right? Exactly. That's the stab. That's the shot they didn't right, show you. Yeah. And then like 20 minutes later, there he is. You know, there's signs you're a freshman. You didn't know exactly where they kept the forks and napkins. So for that, you're going to now assault and break this woman's heart. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so uh, I wrote his name backwards, thinking, well, it's the Whedon verse. Maybe it means maybe it's. <laughs> This so same. Parker Abrams backwards uh-huh. is smart bear crap. <laughs> Shut up. Let me see. <laughs> I'm showing it to you now. I swear to God. <laughs> smart bear crap. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You've cracked the code. Maybe. <laughs> so spell your, spell the new men's, <laughs> make them write their names forwards yeah. and backwards, ladies. You're onto something if here. If it sounds like crap. <laughs> It might just be. Ew, wow. Okay. That's a first. Now I'm going to have to go back and like all the villains of Buffy. It's not stranger danger anymore. It's tricky people. It's tricky adults. Tricky adults and just ilk. And then he even like the way they, they even like cross paths is that Buffy is avoiding Kathy and she like zones in on him. He's like, oh, you're avoiding someone, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, don't worry. I'll watch your back. And then he completely leers at her ass. Right. As he stands in behind her, and it's just, me. I'm sorry, Buffy, that you had to encounter this. Right. I do not look forward to this, that episode, which I think is the next episode. Well, I kind of do because Spike isn't it? Right, right. But- <laughs> Spike is awesome. He fits the rock and roll, you yes. know, of the opening credits, which are ever evolving and awesome. So Buffy goes and uh, joins um, Oz and Willow for lunch at and lunch Xander. table, and Xander just happens to be there. Yes, Xander has joined the group on campus for lunch, and he is so bored with his life right now. He's aching for some sort of demon action. Uh, yeah, and and the human adult conversation yes. or something like everything he like he announces himself hey i'm the non-college guy and he's like holding court like he yes. is talking up every hey it's you let's go out with I you know. tell me more can i eat your food because my parents are <laughs> right. charging me for food now right right nicholas <laughs> brendan killing it you know good job they have some you know back and forth talk uh, willow and all of them basically are trying are basically encouraging buffy to go forth with this parker thing right which oh, guys. bad Guys, really? Guys, shut your mouths. Ugh, you don't. I, I know. know we're all super excited that he's not a vampire, but <laughs> right, but that doesn't mean that's the only danger out there. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, poor. Yeah. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there next episode. Right. So, um, so Kathy uh, shows up to share some of her passive aggressive sisterhood. <laughs> She's wearing Buffy's sweater without asking. I, seriously, I probably would have snatched it off her. There's no fucking way. And we're she's almost, like, quote, we're almost like sisters now living together. No. No. Kathy, that's not mm-hmm. how this works. Not at all. <laughs> that is not how mm-hmm. that works at all. Nope. You should take the sweater off just for saying that. Exactly. But nope. She she continues to eat a big, juicy, ketchup-y burger or something. That sloppy bitch. Yeah, I think she did it on purpose. I don't, it was, you know, Willow's like, maybe it was an accident. Let me just say, Willow, shut your mouth. It was not an accident, Willow. It was not. That was purposeful. Ugh. Who eats cat? Who eats burgers like that? Not over 
a plate. Like people you know. who are wearing somebody else's sweater. I'm not giving a shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, we cut back to the, uh, you know, this passive aggressive theme just keeps on culminating and growing and growing. They're doing tit for tat now. And, and her uh, name's on all the food, including each and every egg. <laughs> first of all, let me just say, who the fuck flosses their teeth in, in bed? bed? I knew you were going to say that, so I didn't have to write anything down. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> that is infuriating and disgusting. I would have freaked the fuck. I, I I couldn't. There's no way I could have been a part of that. I could not have been in the same room. I, I would have moved out at that instant because I can't. And you know, you're just thinking there's so much. There's plaque flicking all over the place at this point in time, and food particles. <laughs> it is disgusting. <laughs> Flossing happens in the bathroom. Disgusting. <laughs> right after you have brushed your teeth, and then you brush, you floss, you rinse your mouth with mouthwash that's how it works guys that's right that's right <laughs> in the bathroom right all of it yes yeah so she's doing this and you know writing her name on each and every fucking egg and buffy <laughs> i don't know where this came from but she just sticks her gum anywhere I, this was so this is buffy's counterattack. <laughs> right buffy, so, so your theory buffy is that fires she did back. it on purpose oh hell yeah okay. buffy fires back okay with this passive aggressive stuff and puts her gum on her roommate's nightstand she puts her book down it's like where did this come from and buffy without a hesitation <laughs> not even a nanosecond hmm, must have been a gum gnome <laughs> Gum gnome, a gum gnome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately, our hero then goes to sleep and has a demon dream. <laughs> yes, there's demon dreams. So she's like, it's terrifying dreams with like scorpions and demons pouring blood down her throat and sucking things out of her body. And apparently, Kathy's also having these same dreams. As we find out the next day, when Giles is what for whatever reason just hanging out on campus. Right. <laughs> Giles. Right. And Willow introduces, Kathy rolls in, Willow introduces Giles as their adult friend, but not in the creepy way. It's getting creepy, Giles, because you're just hanging out on campus. <laughs> right. It's like, how do you, you know, how do you do that? Like, he doesn't work at the lab, at, you know, for no. the college. Like, basically, they're like, because the council's been broken up at that point. In time, no, they're right? not broken up. They just fired him. Oh, they fired him. So yeah. he's just, he's doing second careering. Yes. Trying to he's find freelance watchering. Yeah, right. He's a freelance watcher. I understand. I do that sometimes <laughs> myself, but not for a vampire slayer. But Kathy rolls in and she's just ingratiating herself into the circle. And you got, uh, excuse you. Right. These aren't your people. Right. I, I beg your pardon. I'm going to need you to step it back a couple couple paces, friend. Right, right. And it's just, uh, yeah, it was horrible. And so she gets kind of snarky. Yeah, Kathy starts to try to insert herself, basically triangulate, if you will, and manipulate mm -hmm. her friends to get her size. So this is just the beginning of it. Yeah. Buffy, like, takes off. She does a nice little quip, though. She just says she's minoring and napping 101. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Most of us did minor right. and napping. <clears throat> He's, you know, and Giles has that moment again. I think it's that child or that caregiver child conflict about you know creating independence and he's struggling with you know am i worrying about her enough you know he keeps yeah. talking about well you know you just have to get used to people being these annoying weird you know that's all she is just annoying weird but then when he picks up that they had the same dream they still don't know if like she's just right copying buffy like single white female <laughs> you know or they're both possessed by something like the right. demon that... right and it's also i guess it goes to say that at this point like 
uh, Giles and Willow and Oz are all a little bit concerned about Buffy because they see her being a little bit more bitchy than normal. They right. even call her Cordelia. She's like Cordelia levels right. at this point. Right. So, you know, Buffy is agitated as fuck, right. uh, which... I mean, yeah. This yeah. girl flosses her teeth in bed. Well, not just that, but... The, <laughs> lucky she hasn't smothered her in her She's, she's been stealing and sucking her soul Life. away from her every evening. Right. <laughs> which, yes. is, which is important to know. Like, So in these dreams, these demon dreams that Buffy's having, like, first of all, there's a lot of body paint going on, you know, <laughs> with blood. But Symbols still weird. And, yeah. and scorpions running by navels. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Somebody's got to work some issues out. <laughs> Nonetheless, and a demon, you know, m- mounted over her. Yeah. With, you know, looks like sucking her soul out of her mouth. Yeah, these are strangely erotic dreams. Yeah. And the erotically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, um, nonetheless, uh, that's what happens during the dreams. And that's important to know because it turns out, um, well, we'll get to that, but it's important to note. Yes. Yes. I also would like to point out that Willow has real roommate problems. Right. And Buffy has not asked about at all uh, nothing right <laughs> and willow is maybe just like offhandedly like yeah my roommate sucks too but right but never poor willow she can't study for nothing and like right. there's parties apparently going on every night in her every teeny night. tiny dorm room. every night <laughs> sounds like there's about 20 people deep in there <laughs> yeah but um <clears throat> nonetheless uh you know they cut in back to stetson hall which i guess is the name of their dorm Stevenson. Stevenson Hall? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> and Parker is like straddled over Kathy's bed. <clears throat> and more share. Same song. If <laughs> you believe in life after love, after love. Buffy walks in on Parker and Kathy just like flirting, basically. Right. And becoming a little too familiar with each other. And, you know, obviously Buffy takes offense to this. She's like, you know what? You know, she's right. like, you know, she's moving in on this turf and she's like, well, y'all, if y'all gonna be all cozy and smosy and all that bullshit, just go and take it outside because I don't have time for it. Right, and right. So she's upset at this point and Parker's like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he comes and brings her fucking Ziploc baggies because of the whole... So she can steal stuff from the cafeteria. Yeah. Inappropriate behavior. Yeah. Another and... sign, another flag. Yeah. I basically yeah. kind of feel like Buffy, he got in Buffy's pants for the price of Ziploc bags. Hmm. So like a probably like a dollar store situation because it doesn't look those were not brand name. Zip First of all, <laughs> let's just say bags. they're Ziploc bags. We don't have to worry about how much they were worth. <laughs> I'm just saying that they weren't even brand name. They weren't even a good Ziploc bag. <laughs> he went to the dollar store, but no. But yeah, so Buffy is you know she is upset she, by this, and she decides to react by drinking all of Kathy <laughs> and just pouring it down her, which kind which of is also kind of strangely and weirdly like a wet T-shirt contest scene. It was you know weird, I mean? yeah, because you know Buffy, who's gonna clean that milk up off the floor yeah um so that's how you get ants this brings us to our burn of the week uh is that um kathy um kathy's like i'm gonna give it to kathy marcella usually picks out the burn of the week but she's not here right now (laughs) so i'm gonna give it to kathy and um she's like you know what your problem is buffy and buffy's like you and she's like no you're spoiled maybe the world revolves around you where you used to live but it's share time now and that's when Buffy loses her mind and right, right. guzzles all the milk. Right, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, they start going tit for tat a little bit back and forth verbally. And uh, I think at that point, um, 
Buffy decides to go on patrol. Yes. And um, I, Willow... Per- they, they actually, they cut to Oz and Willow. Right. And we're, Willow is worried about Buffy. That Buffy's lost her mind. Like, of, of the group, you know, she seems to be the one most worried about Buffy. And she sends Oz off to go check on Buffy. Yes. And so Oz goes to check on Buffy, <laughs> sideline... He first, he walks across this woman who we know as the other she-wolf. Yeah, Veruca. Yes, they sniff each other for the first time. Yes, they sniff each other for the first time. There's a moment, like they cross, and they're both like looking at each other knowingly and confused, but they both recognize game, recognize game. Like a couple dogs (laughs) on the street. You know, really, it was it was well shot. Yeah, uh, and this is what yeah, and that's going to eventually bring us all heartbreak. So Oz is then the stand-in for Willow during the punning and clipping <laughs> session with Buffy, right? You know, Buffy needs yes. this; she needs to vent, and so Oz is the stand-in, and so that was also a brilliant piece. It of was great Buffy verse because uh, you know Oz is so dry. I love Oz's humor. Yes, is this because it's so dry, and he is just so. Like he, everything is he delivers it is so stone faced. Right, and, just, and Buffy's just getting more worked up and more worked yes. up and more worked up. And He's Oz like, tell, like, she's like going on and on. Oh. And Oz is like, you know, maybe all this ranting is scaring off demons. And she's like, oh, you know, she's even affecting my work. And then she right. flips out and kicks a bench in half. In half, <laughs> just just lifts her leg up, and that was a great shot too. Because yeah. like out of nowhere, her <laughs> yeah. foot's just like, is that her foot? We're like, yes. yes, no, it's not. It's down on the ground. Like it was a really great action shot. And Oz uh, mentions that, you know, on the plus side, you know, at least you killed that bench. It was looking shifty. Shifty <laughs> which, bench killed. Which we both laughed for quite right. some time right. after that one because that was, a, that was a good line. It was a good line. And Buffy's like, is that funny? Great we're like, yeah, it was. It was funny. hilarious. Totally funny. That shit was awesome. <laughs> one day I got with Oz. And then they just kind of cut to uh, back to Stevenson Hall. The dorm room. Yes. And it's. And it's like Godzilla versus Rodan. It's Kathy versus Buffy. Kathy is clipping her toenails in bed. (laughs) That's the worst. This is when Buffy decides she must be a deman. Right? Why else would you collect their toenails? Who else does that? Well, I do have uh, a friend's roommate story because before Buffy and, and my friend didn't even watch Buffy Cecily actually she has told me the story about her roommate <laughs> <laughs> in college <laughs> and this was way before this this episode so I know it was true so her terrible roommate had um clipped her to- would clip her toenails like in the common area just like on the couch or whatever and whatnot and uh and cecily lost her shit one day and was like you better pick up every one of those gd <laughs> toenails or i'm gonna pick them up and feed them to you <laughs> put that in your teeth <laughs> Cecily, love you. <laughs> so, awesome. Please come visit us. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're now, they're still like this, you know, versus Kathy versus Buffy. Right. And there's toenail clippings. There's Buffy tapping her, her, her pencil. pencil. Then there's, she's share. cracking the eggshells again. More share. And Buffy puts on earmuffs, which, why does she have earmuffs? And then didn't put it fully on her ear either. No, she didn't pull them all the way down. Because <laughs> she. But, uh, yeah, and then more creepy dreams. And she's like, I'm going to bed. And then there's more creepy dreams and more body paint and more 
<laughs> soul sucking and fluorescent demons. Yeah. Um. So but, at this point, uh, Buffy's like, Kathy's a demon because of the toenails. Right. She's collected they, Kathy's toenails. They keep growing after they're clipped. She says, which is, pay attention, people. <laughs> Several things I would break down. If you ever, honey, if you ever came to me with a Ziploc bag of somebody else's toenails, we are going to have a long discussion about every single thought that went Thank through you. your head. Thank you. <laughs> because that is We're going that to take valid. them all very seriously. Because <laughs> what kind of background Buffy ever right. established made you think... This isn't her wheelhouse. Right. Oh, yeah. She'd totally pick up toenails. Or at least be like, you know what? The first thing we're going to do is measure these toenails. (laughs) Right. Right? Let's just break out the ruler. Yeah, let's just do that. We'll do the metric system. It'll be faster. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, Buffy has gone to, I think, Giles at this point. Willow calls Giles. Well, well, she's like. Buffy's a psychopath. <laughs> well, I would like to point. I would like to point out that Willow is being a really great friend because there yes. are like two situations where Kathy tries to corner Willow, and where Kathy comes to, oh, this to Willow. Is one of, right, they, right. Yeah, and and talks shit on Buffy, and Willow does a very good job of not right of, of defending her friend, but she could have been a little bit better at it. There were a couple times she that, could have been a little bit more um, uh, dissuasive. Mm-hmm. She didn't like stop. She didn't tell Kathy, like, I don't want to hear this yeah, crap. Right. Or don't talk about my friend. Right. If you got stuff to say about my friend, say it to somebody else. Right. Any of those things would have exactly. been good. Uh, Willow was like, more like, don't you think you should say these things to Buffy? Right. Which, that is good. That, yeah. Start with that. Yeah. Don't you think you should say these things to fill in the blank? Exactly. And if they don't leave you alone at that point, then you can be like, look, if you need to say something about my friend, you go say it to somebody right. else. And exactly. that would have worked too. All right. Uh, you know, so, yes, I'm with you there. Right. Willow is not getting a lot of points in this episode. <laughs> Willow. It wasn't an accident, Willow. <laughs> that ketchup was on purpose, Willow. And this is tough because Dan loves Willow. <laughs> Just love Willow. I know. I feel like we're fighting. <laughs> we <in> a fight. <laughs> so and then she calls Giles and is just like, yeah, Buffy's kind of, Buffy was a little like maniacal and 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 uh, homicidal. So I sent her your way. Okay, bye. Right. <laughs> So Giles has a trap all set and waiting for Buffy. A big old net made yeah. of a kryptonite or something? Like, why did you... <laughs> I was, I'm just going to put chalk that up to that Buffy was really not going to try to hurt her friend. She could have gotten out of that at any point, but she didn't want to have to knock anybody out just right. yet. Right, exactly, exactly. And and Giles is like, she must be possessed by a demon. I'm going to go find a spell. So it's like Giles, Xander, and Oz have, have restrained yeah, yeah, an Buffy. intervention. Yes. yes clearly and staged. So Giles, uncomfortable. They all do this very, you know, un- un- uncomfortably, and they don't really want to. Or they're scared. Yes, uh, they're getting hurt. Right. <laughs> Giles runs off to safety and for research. Right, right, exactly. Xander I have to go Oz. see the books now. Like, you could have got the books beforehand, right. bro. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, that's real, yeah. real timely. And then Willow goes off and has her intervention with Kathy. Right. Right. And but basically, uh, she's just trying to make sure that she's staying there to make sure that Buffy doesn't get there to her first and gotcha. and kill her. her. Yeah. And right. once she finds out that once Oz calls him and he tells her that they have Buffy, she's like, "All right, later. Right. Stay here. Stay right. <laughs> Stay here." Yeah, Oz calls Willow, which was cool. And then Xander and Oz um, have a nice little kind of comedic moment where they're <laughs> they're watching over Buffy and they, they've tied her up. And Xander's like, uh, I'm not sure I tied those ropes tight enough. And Oz is like, you go check the ropes. 
<laughs> Xander's like, uh, just stay away from the legs. Stay away from the legs. And it turns out they get up on her and uh, they did not tie the ropes. Nope. <laughs> they did enough. not. They, she, she clunks them together. Yep. Uh, she gives them. She she three stooges the boys. Yes, she does. <laughs> and knocks and them heads out. back to Kathy. <laughs> yes, at Stetson Hall. So she uh, like she jumps bad with her. She gets to her face, and I forget which word starts it. May I? They yes. have a face off. <laughs> Both literally, figuratively, they throw down like. <laughs> They somehow, like, Kathy throws the first punch. Okay, yeah, so and that's then, what I forget. Like, is did Buff, what did Buffy just say something to her and then Kathy just punches the shit out of her? <laughs> well, Buffy, yeah, Buffy, the way Buffy entered the room was, was, <laughs> was like, hostile. yes, I've come to kick some ass. And Kathy just kind of stood up, and this was so much better than Bad Girls Club. They just got to it. <laughs> right. There wasn't any pointless banter about what neighborhood they came from or what crew they hang with. Jump Abby, jump Abby. Come give me. Right. Come give me. Right. Come give me. Right. Pop off. Pop Who off. starts a fight with? Come on, hit me. Right. I guess I remember elementary school, I did witness a few that way, but man, that's not how I like roll. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. Anyway, so they, so Kathy hits her in the face, and then Buffy hits her in the face back, and she comes back. Kathy comes back, right? And She's they, not they, playing. they, they touch faces. They touch head right. to head, and Buffy grabs her and face is, yeah, so and pulls she... her face off. So, I mean, just just to be clear, <laughs> to reveal the demon, right? But was Buffy like just going to scratch her face, or like what? Like how does that make sense? Is that I think she grabbed her head, her I... scalp. Okay, and then just kind of and was out. and was going to like you know move yeah. her, suppress her gotcha. somehow. And instead of moving the body with her firm grasp on the scalp, okay. Ish came down <laughs> off the face. Nice. <laughs> and I love Buffy's reaction. She's just like, I, I knew it! <laughs> There's yes! so, there so much self gratification, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like ah, <laughs> right. And in Buffy's defense, there has been uh, there have been other times where Buffy she doesn't have the whole thing fully thought out, and she hasn't like thought it all the she way. She has through. instincts, right? Intuition, She's, and everyone else is like, "You're bu- this is bullshit. You're right. just overreacting." Yada yada, but. Yeah, it turns out to be that's basically the yeah more thing. than once yes. more than once Scooby Gang right and mm. uh, and you know why would they just not the what, old Scoob crew what failed. harm does it do just to go ahead and do a little bit of research right just to you know just go look into some things right. maybe right maybe trust your Slayer every once in a while yeah don't ever rest on your laurels right be like well I'm smart usually so I don't have to look anything up this time so. Uh, they cut to Giles, who is like, "Oh, it's the ritual of <laughs> Maktaga." Oh, I'm glad you got that. Yes, I had it. It took a while. <laughs> the ritual of Maktaga. The ritual of Maktaga. And we're like, "Okay, we." What is the you, ritual of Maktaga? Who is Maktaga? Why do we care? Get right, to it, man. Right. He's like, "Oh, it's a ritual to take the one with a soul." So I guess basically, the where she's from. They don't have souls. All right. And they're from another dimension. Apparently, so Kathy reveals after her face comes off. Right. She had to talk about illegal aliens, right? <laughs> she had to travel, transport from another dimension. Just so to, she could go to school. So she could go to college. Because <laughs> they don't have a college wherever the hell she's from. Yeah, right. <laughs> but she's 900 years old. Nine. No, she's 3,000 years old. Oh. Her, her father was treating her like she was 900. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. How did she learn about college in this right. dimension 
Right. And did we find out about right. it? Right. I mean, so many things. I mean, <laughs> and why share? Do like, oh man. I'm I guess. Well, there is a lot of fluorescent going. Well, on. I can see kind of a rave disco. No soul. So. Oh, ouch. But um, um, so but my question. Okay, so it's like, right. She's sucking a little bit of Buffy's soul every night and we are seeing a visible difference in Buffy's sort of kind of well the thing is this is that was why did the fight last so long between Kathy and Buffy and this is a thing is Kathy is sucking Buffy's soul so she's getting like I'm, this is my theory uh-huh. is that they're equal strength oh well because she's she just had some well that too but I don't think I mean yeah I've never seen anybody last this long with Buffy Summers Oh, you, you you gotta watch the freshman. The episode before this, the Vampire Sunday, really got up in in Buffy's ass. Oh, really? Um, okay. <clears throat> which, uh, but what I'm thinking, what I'm saying is like we were seeing a as Buffy's soul was getting sucked, and Kathy had no soul, and she was gra- gaining a soul. We we're seeing a difference in Buffy. Oh yeah. Why aren't we seeing like a more soulful difference in Kathy? Hmm. Interesting. Like maybe she, like she should have maybe been becoming a little more human or something. Right, like cry or something. Yeah, or something. Or I don't laugh know. at a joke, like yeah. appropriately laugh. Yeah. Because she was, yeah, an inappropriate <laughs> laugher. You could just tell. Or maybe, you know, eventually stop playing Cher. But I don't right. know. Like, right. Like all of a sudden you come in and there's like some Otis Redding on or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay, Kathy. So right. they fight and they fight and yes. they fight. And, and Giles comes and gathers the Scoob crew. And it's like, Buffy was right. Right. And they're like, oh, so Willow's like, I owe her a big apology. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so Giles takes command. Right, he's like, okay, Xander and Oz, you go to Buffy. You know, Giles and oh, actually, he didn't have to say anything. No, Xander and Oz just or Oz figured it out. He's like leaving us to go to Buffy in, in the flesh. The, yes, and Giles and Willow go to the spells immediately. And no, Giles got no problem with Willow doing magic at this moment. Nope. We forget that Willow had to do a lot of magic to save Buffy's yes. life a lot. And that's and how she grew th- and became such a strong witch. Exactly, and a lot of times from Giles's direction right like he was the one that was putting her at the in that right. task willow go to the magic shop and get me this right. willow look up the spell right. willow help me with the right. spell but never now... gave any formal education about it either it could have always sent her off to hogwarts or whatever now that we know about hogwarts or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> wherever council sends their goons to college <laughs> you know like they could have right. given her some, yeah they could have given her like a, a full-on like, like a real education immediately the first time maybe no right by the second time though you're like okay it's time to teach this person this is going because, to be helpful yes. to right, us all right right also while we're talking about the spell of giles restoring buffy's soul so the spell could not have been used with angelus no because it was only f- for, for this demon th- yes okay did you catch I, I, yes. I missed that yeah all right yes. all right Mach-tig-ba or whatever. Good, all right good deal they uh, <clears throat> they got that they covered <laughs> that so the girls are fighting and they're fighting and they're still fighting. fighting yeah the fight's still going on right? there are the bookshelves are ruined glasses are broken Buffy's poor mom must have gotten a crazy ass bill oh yeah for the worst campus police right <laughs> nowhere <laughs> they're busy beating up black kids in the parking lot for smoking joints yeah and uh, at some point, like some kid, like we we take out to the hall that some kid, like their neighbor, like pokes his head. I was like, excuse me, we're trying to study out here. Right. It's a dude. That's aren't it. Usual, aren't dorms floors like uh, single sex? Oh, yeah, yeah, like all I women? most of them were, but you see some on TV that aren't. So okay. maybe there's some that aren't, but right. none of the ones that I went to. I'm just saying. 
Yeah. So, uh, any event that does work, Buffy's soul gets restored. Kathy's dad. Kathy's dad shows up. (laughs) (laughs) You know how much trouble you've caused, young lady? I'm going to ground you for so long. She's like, oh my God, I just wanted to, uh, you treated me like I'm 900, I'm 3,000 years old. Right. like, I don't give a fuck. Right. Going back. And all of a sudden, like, Xander and, and Oz bust through the door, and, the, and Dad's like, and they're like, whoa. And then they realize that this isn't about Buffy. This, this is, is like, all oh. about, this is between the two of them. Right. They completely just relax and chill, like, oh, we've been here. Right. There's nothing there's, to do with us. Yeah, this kind of hell exists in all dimensions, <laughs> getting chewed up by right. your parents like, in public. Sorry, Kathy. In front That's of strangers. Like, right. Like, all that. Everybody feels that thing. And it's like, oh, man, you messed up big. So big. Kathy and her dad eventually get sucked back into their dimension and um all is well like, yeah and uh buffy's soul is restored right <laughs> and she's hanging up new posters replacing this line there's celine dion poster with willow and they're watching the bad kathy karma is draining away right and then you know they're having this nice little happy moment of peace and willow yes willow has moved in with buffy now takes half of buffy's sandwich let me just say and eats it. First of all, <laughs> Buffy had, I think she took one bite out of the one half of the sandwich. That sandwich was sitting there for maybe three minutes. And Willow had the nerve, had the gall to be like, are you going to finish it? Three minutes. That sandwich has been sitting there unattended. Three minutes. And Willow's like, are you going to finish this? And Two seconds. She doesn't wait for a reply. She just goes right in for a bite. Willow. Willow. (laughs) Not a good episode. That's not a good look. I know. And this is when Buffy learns that she doesn't share sandwiches. (laughs) This is what Buffy learns in college. Joey doesn't share food. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Buffy has her Joey Triviani moment, right? Buffy doesn't share food anymore. (laughs) It's, It's over. And it's just all about timing, Will. It was like, really kind of a nice little but yeah to the end of <laughs> it. Yeah, so I enjoyed that episode. What can I say? It's yeah. I mean, it's it's an enjoyable episode, uh, but there are a lot of questions, and um, it just makes me think. If you're like, for... if you really think the Buffyverse rotates around Spike, then yeah, it's a throwaway <laughs> episode. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. But you know, for me. Uh... It's kind of Willow, you know, but you notice that I didn't focus too much on her story. Oh, Willow is on every episode, so. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, basically she was just being used as a character, as a prop for Buff to tell Buffy's story. Yeah. She was a, she was not her true character at all. Part of it's because her roommate was such a mess and she didn't get any sleep. She didn't get to sleep. <laughs> Nobody cared about Willow's problems. I know. That so. happens a lot. Poor Willow. Like, she gets neglected. Like, Buffy, like, really monopolizes the the bitch sesh times all the time it's a, for buffy and willow it's a very one-sided relationship yeah it's sometimes. like i get it buffy you're saving the world and everything but your mortal friends are they would like a little time too to yeah you know just chat Vent. And, and cry about their own or human problems right because you know it's just as important um bodies dropped in this episode i don't think there was actually any there were actually yeah because they didn't kill the demon no yeah I huh. think that's right. Zero bodies dropped in this wow, episode. Wow, that's that's impressive. Uh, the moral of this story. I didn't prepare beforehand, so I'm gonna have to come up with something. Oh well, it was you, you have to tolerate people's idiosyncrasies. There you go. 
That we'll was, that's that. the whole. That's unless, the, that was the thesis. Unless they floss their teeth in bed, then that's shit the game off. Uh, or if the... their toenails <laughs> clipped in bed, or if they grow after they've been clipped, or if their face comes off rather easily. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And other than that, then you have to send them back to the dimension that they're from. And- Scene one, Apple, take one. Okay, so I am here talking with Christopher Cullen of WhedonCon. That's right, guys. WhedonCon is a Whedonverse convention for fans, by fans, while raising money for charity. WhedonCon is happening in L.A. uh, this May 19th through the 21st. And um, if you haven't already gotten your tickets, you should probably do so now. But um, so enough about that. Let's hear from the man himself, Christopher Cullen. Hello, Christopher. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out of this. I mean, we're now like a week, like a week out, two weeks out. Yeah, week. just about two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure your plate is full. So uh, thank you for taking the time to to visit. Well, you're welcome. I love to get the word out about our convention, so I'll always take the time. Awesome. Um, I'm so, so just, excited about this year. Yeah, go ahead. Do you have questions for me? I do. What um, do you want me to? Well, first of all, just right? tell me tell us a little bit about yourself, about Christopher. Who are you? Oh, okay. Well, I am one of the heads. I'm the co-head of social media for WeedonCon this year. Um, and I am actually, you record in Pittsburgh, right? Yes. I lived in Pittsburgh for five years. I went to the University of Pittsburgh for my undergrad and the grad school. So it always will have a very special place in my heart. Um, I live out in LA now and I do freelance production design for film. Awesome. And um, I was motivated in large part by my love of the Whedonverse to work in film and television. And I am so happy to have this opportunity to be able to share that love and also give our money to charity. Um, WhedonCon is really important to me. It's very... um, has also a special place in my heart because it's a way to uh, use Joss Whedon's world to make our world a little bit better. Amen, brother. All right, so what was your intro to Buffy? When did you first start watching Buffy? Oh, I have such a story for that. I, uh, it's my origin story. That's so funny. Um, I was, okay, it was February, Saturday, February in 2004. And... Uh, <laughs> I was flipping through the channels, and I had never – I mean, of course, you, you hear about Buffy. You always – I always heard about it, but I didn't – nothing about it had made me say, I want to check that out. Um, so anyway, sorry. So I was flipping through the channels, and I saw something was on TV because it's 2004. You're flipping through the channels because you don't have a DVR. You barely have a TV guide. You know, you, and I'm just bored on a Saturday morning. And I see, um, I stop on the WB and I see what I think is Charmed, which is kind of funny because I don't actually like or watch Charmed, but it was like, all right, I'll settle for this. (laughs) And I start watching what I think is Charmed. And I very, very early on realized it's not Charmed, um, but I had never seen Buffy before. And the episode that it was, was two to go. Oh, okay. Which Ooh. is not a good episode to start Buffy on. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was so much going on that I did not uh, process fully, but I had so many questions at the end that I immediately 
did use the limited resources that, uh, available to me to find out when the next time I could watch Buffy was. And it was that Monday. And I rushed home from school that Monday and watched it for two hours. And every day after, for probably six months, I watched it for two hours completely out of order. I started with season uh, yeah, two to go, and then I went back and saw Bargaining Part 2. <laughs> I know. And then I watched through season six. I missed once more with feeling because I, I just, like, I had to shovel the driveway. I remember that. I had to shovel the snow in the driveway, so I missed once more with feeling. And then it took me months to see it again. And the day it was coming on video or coming on TV, I had a VHS ready for it. I knew, like, I had downloaded every Once More Is Feeling song on LimeWire because I'm a huge musical theater nerd. So, like, Buffy and musical, and it was like my white whale. Like, I was, I spent months finding as much information about it as possible and in hopes of seeing it someday. That's glorious. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my, I saw Buffy totally out of whack, but oh that, um, that introduction to it, I think, is one of the reasons that I fell in love with it was that I had to piece together this puzzle yeah. bit by bit. And like, for example, they'll find the last season I saw was season three. <laughs> you had to, like, I watched it completely out of order. You had to work so hard to get there. <laughs> I did because it, that's the same year. The DVDs were just coming out. Yeah. So season four was on DVD, but it, it was sold out in my town. Season five, I left a play rehearsal early to go to Walmart to buy season five the day it came out on DVD because I wasn't going to miss that one. And then, like, I, it was, I was doing my best. I worked so hard. I did. Um, and it's I so it. funny. And, like, in the age of Netflix and the age of streaming and binge watching, it is a, it's so funny to me. It's like another, like, my story is basically a period piece at this point. I couldn't tell someone who's 15 years old what it took, the effort it took to watch Buffy and have them understand. They have no idea. You kids have no idea how easy. No. <laughs> like, this is, like, this was some serious work that had to be put into getting in your fandom. So, oh, my God. Really? Wow. God Do bless. Do you have a Buffy origin? I know. Like, I, hey, I did the work. It was worth it. Here I am 13 years later. Totally yeah. worth it. I know. So, okay, I guess my story is that... um. I didn't, I, I, I saw the movie, did not like the movie at all. And okay. um, like in 99, 98, 99, I moved here to Pittsburgh and my first roommate, who is my co-host, um, Marcella, she's sick today, so she's not here right now. But um, Marcella is my first roommate here in Pittsburgh. And so she was already on the Buffy train and I was just like, eh, I don't really want to see the show at all. I think I moved in with her on um i think it was the bar it was a uh, i think it was the bargaining season or the sp- bargaining part two was the one that, oh, okay. I, that i came in on and so like i'm still not really caring about anything i'm I'm there but not really paying attention and so like she's still like trying to get me on board and i'm just like you know what i just really don't care and, and like a whole like a couple months goes by she gets to know me a little bit better and then she's like you know what i know how you I know what'll get you into Buffy and so she at this point she's been like recording them on VHS as their show as they're airing and so she (laughs) (laughs) she pulls out the tape and she pops in school hard and shows me Spike's introduction and so I'm 
joke. Well, hello, who is this? <laughs> and so at that point, like School Hard was the first one that I watched all the way through and was in it. I'm like, I'm here. Let's do this. <laughs> so, oh, I love that. And so from that point on, yeah, and then Marcel and I, we, w- we would watch it every Tuesday. We were there at Clockwork. Even when we I moved out from her apartment, we would still have our Tuesday dates. I'd come by and we'd still watch it together or we'd watch like we'd call each other on the phone at the commercial breaks when, it, you know, when we, we couldn't be together. So it was really, yeah, that was like the bonding of our friendship. That's so funny. So was it be, was it bargaining part two in two thousand two or a becoming part two in ninety eight? Yeah, becoming part two. That that was okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, yeah. That's amazing. I love that so much. I can't believe that you made it through becoming part two and weren't addicted. That episode makes me cry just thinking about it. Yeah, now that I know, like, you know, once I started watching them in order and then I, I'm in there, yes, I, like, get chills now. Like, before I was like, I don't even know what's, I don't care what's happening. So I wasn't even really paying attention. So mm-hmm. it was one of those. So, yeah, but once I got the backstory and everything and I, I got on the train and, and watched all of them leading up to that, yeah, I got the feels. <laughs> so <laughs> and ever since so then, are you just a, are you just a devoted Buffy fan or are you a fan of the larger Whedonverse? I am a fan of like Joss Whedon is a uh, is someone that's I'm like yeah okay if he's involved then sure I'll give it a whirl so like I'm not mm. just it's not I'm not going in blind with Whedon though it's more like you know Firefly I I still haven't watched all of Firefly and um like I, I watched all of Angel I'm all about Angel will rewatch Angel you know uh Doctor Horrible Gosh, I love Angel yeah. Horrible is my jam. I love that. I I um, got into like the you know I was super stoked when uh, Whedon was involved with um the uh, Mart with a couple of the Marvel movies and mm-hmm. so, all that stuff. So I I'm, I really do enjoy Joss Whedon's work. So I I love the way that you know he's he really has a knack for I love his sense of humor and I love his the way oh, me too love his storytelling and it's just like so yeah I am a fan of Whedon. But Buffy. Yeah, our Whedon, um, it's funny because, of course, with WhedonCon, you, you have two factions, and factions is the wrong word because it's not like they're disagreeable at all. But you have two, two types of reactions when people hear about WhedonCon. They either assume it's all Buffy or they assume it's all Firefly. But, like, we, we make a very active effort to be about the entire WhedonVerse. So Dollhouse, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even Cabin in the Woods, even. We, oh, my God. We Cabin- are an all. Yeah, we we love it all. That is my shit, man. Like having in the woods, and that took that was another. It took me forever to watch it. Like I didn't see it in the theater, and um, like people were. I think I it was another movie similar to it, another horror movie like that came out at the same time, and I was hearing. I kept re- confusing it with that one, and I was hearing bad stuff about that one, and so I didn't go see it. Mm. And like it finally came on DVD. We watched it, and I was like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. I- I love that movie. I was living in Pittsburgh at the time and I drove to the, and I was living um, in, in South Oakland and I drove to the waterfront like three times in a week <laughs> to see that movie. I saw it at midnight the night before it came out. I saw it the day it came out. And then I saw it again, like that Monday. I couldn't even wait. I love that movie. It's so good. <laughs> and it's just a love letter to horror films and horror fans and it's just perfect. It's absolute perfection. Um, yeah, and uh, Dollhouse. I did. En- I really enjoyed Dollhouse as well. So yeah, I love Dollhouse. Dollhouse is like an un- unsung hero to me. 
I no one no one talks about it, but I just adore it. I think it's so brilliant, and yeah, it totally had a rocky start, but man, the potential that series had. Yeah, truly. So, um, how long have you been involved with Weed and Con? I got started. Um, so this is our second year with the convention, and oh. I I've been involved with the group who's planning it since pretty much since I moved to LA. Like I moved to LA in the fall of 2014 and within a week I was at the meetup that happens once a month with the people who I'm now planning the convention with. Um, and they were already, they were already working hard. Um, but I got on and kept, kept going. And then I started actively working on the con about a year later, um, November of 2015. That's awesome. I can't believe and that's when I started. I can't believe this is only the second year. Well, I know, you know, and we've had such, we had a very successful first year last year. Um, we were able to actually double. We have a new venue this year. We've doubled our size um, in, in everything. So we have over 250 hours of programming this year, which is astonishing. I mean, we had last year, we were in five different rooms and then our vendors room, which was called the Sunnydale Mall. <laughs> um, this, this year, I can't even tell you the number of rooms because we've got, um, press rooms and media rooms and screening rooms and game rooms. And, uh, you wouldn't believe the parties we have planned out. It, it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. This experience this year, I can't even wait. I was so excited for last year. I was on such like a, a con high for months <laughs> after last year like it's just like it's it's really a good experience and i this year i think it's just gonna blow everyone away um and some who are some of the guests this year um we have of course so we have nicholas brendan my boy uh, who's xander from buffy um and he is just the sweetest guy and i'm so glad he's joining us this year um we have camden toy do you know camden yes Um, yeah i mean he's fantastic characters yeah yeah he's all over buffy and angel like you can't um and he was the the uber vamp and the gnarl and uh anya would yell at me gnarl and um one of the gentlemen and then he was the prince of lies over on angel and he's the nicest guy too and he's gonna be there we have um we have some really interesting guests actually because like if you're a diehard buffy fan you're going to be really excited to see some of the people we're bringing in because they don't really do a lot of appearances anywhere else. Right. We have Andrew Furchland, who is the anointed one. He, um, he was on the podcast last year, right before he was on his way to Weed and Con, and he was really excited about he it. Was, <laughs> he was on your podcast? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, I was going to tell you, we were his, I'm pretty sure we were his first convention last year. Yes, he was and so, he was, such a sweetheart. He is such a nice guy, and he's coming back, and he's excited. Um, we have Dagny Kerr, who was um, Kathy Newman, Buffy's roommate, uh, in the Freshman in Living Conditions. That's awesome that you, you know, of course, that you just mentioned that because this segment is going to appear on our episode where we're reviewing that episode. So, <laughs> oh no way! Well, Dagny's coming, and she is so sweet. Um, she really is just, she's, she's really excited too. And we're so excited to have her. Um, and she's really talented too. I, I wrote the press release on her and I hadn't, I didn't know a lot about her before, but boy, 
I, I'm now I'm like really excited to meet her. Um, let's see. You know, so our most exciting, our guest of honor is David Fury. That's awesome. <laughs> like that's... I know it's it's been ten years since David has appeared at a convention, and he is gracing us with his presence. Uh, I am so excited about what he has to say. We have uh, Tim Minear coming in too. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I know. Um, this, yeah. So a, a Whedon fan, just wet dream, basically. Like absolutely. <laughs> and we have Jeff Pruitt and Sophia Crawford, and I don't know their names don't get out as much, but boy, I bet Buffy, you've seen them in a lot of credits. Buffy was uh, <laughs> it was Buffy's stunt double, right, or Sarah's stunt double? Yeah. Sophia was Sarah's stunt double, and Jeff is her husband, and he was the uh, stunt coordinator for Buffy for the for seasons two, three, and four. Oh. Uh, uh, we is... have Christos Gage, who what? wrote the, uh, yeah, who wrote all of season nine of Angel and Faith, all of season 10 of Buffy, and he, and he co-wrote a couple with Nicholas Brendan in season 10. And yeah. he's the sole author of Buffy season 11, which is coming out now, and is incredible. And Ooh. if you're a comic book fan, Christos is, like, amazing. He did um, some of the coolest, like, niche stories in the Marvel Universe I've really enjoyed. Uh, and he's also a writer on the show Daredevil. He helped write the first season. Yes, I did see a, his name in the credits for Daredevil, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Christos. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is a fantastic writer. I mean, I think he was the turning point for me in the Buffy comics, and I adored the Buffy comics. But when Christos got involved, that, to me, was the moment when it became not just a good story about Buffy, but also a really good comic book. Nice. Like, that was when they got their structure really rolling. Okay. Um, and speaking of the comics, we have George's Jaunty, who drew almost all of season eight and season nine. Oh uh, he's incredible. He is the nicest guy, and he's so excited to be joining us. So For the Dollhouse fans, we have Miracle Lori, yes. who's my favorite actress from Dollhouse. Yes. Uh, and she joined us last year, too. And again, she is the sweetest person. James Leary's coming, who's Clem from Buffy. Oh, God. Um, cool. I love him. And uh, let's see. Alicia Root. This is so interesting. We don't usually get a lot of Dr. Horrible traffic. Hmm. And Alicia Root, and I, I'm actually really excited to meet her because I am a, like I said, I'm a production designer. I work as an art director, a prop master. She was the art director for Dr. Horrible. Oh, wow. Huh. I know. So, like... I am actually excited to talk about her, talk to her because I want to know a couple things. Like, who came up with Wonderflonium, and <laughs> how much of that, uh, how much of that Doctor Horrible apartment was built? Because I know that they, I had read a million years ago. I read that they found it, like someone already lives there. Oh, so I want to know what they did to add to it, right? Yeah. Um, George Sarah is coming, and he is actually. So he's funny. He's a composer and a musician, but his role in Buffy uh, went a little bit beyond that. He actually appears on the show several times. He is in Shy, in Veruca's band Shy, oh. <laughs> which you will, you'll come across in your next few episodes if you haven't yet. Um, and uh, I know you know it, but I mean for your listeners. Right. And uh, he's part of Shy, and then he also appears in the first season of Angel, and then he comes back on camera for Hell's Bells for, uh, and he's in the wedding quartet. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? They just throw him in. And, and then um, 
He also did the collaborative album. Have you heard of Music for Elevators? Yes. So he is the brain behind Music for Elevators, which is the collaborative album with Anthony Stewart Head, James Marsters, Amber Benson, Allison Hannigan, and Joss actually wrote a song for Music for Elevators. Wow. Wow. Um, we, have, we have Robbie Lamorte, Scott, who Ooh. is Jenny Callender. Love her. And also, um, for those of you who don't, aren't that familiar, um, she was either Diamond or Pearl or <laughs> with um, Prince. She was one of Prince's dancers. That's right. I, know, I, didn't know that, I didn't know that the dancer had a name, but yeah. yes, I knew she was a dancer for Prince. Um, we have Steve Tartaglia, who was Spike's stunt double. Yes. And, uh, and then for Buffy-adjacent fans, we have Stephen L. Sears. And he's actually joining us again this year. And he was the executive producer for over 100 episodes of Xena Warrior Princess. And he was like an essential part of the creation of the character Xena. Nice. And so Uh, he's the coolest guy, too. You have an amazing roster of just talent and just wonderful people. I just, wow. So I am so jealous. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, I hope you're coming next year because... We I have, have a good time. I have already blocked off the time for next year, so good. <laughs> good, yeah, you gotta come. It's uh, we have um, so our programming is insane this year too. We have um, we have a whole. I don't know if you've been to our website, but we have a whole evening and special programming section, um, where we basically have like what I nickname WeedonCon after hours because a lot of it turns into weirdly adult um, programming. So we have, for example, Lusty Kittens Burlesque is putting on all across the Whedonverse, which is a Whedon-themed burlesque show. Jeez. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. And they actually did one once before a few years ago, but they're doing a, a new one, a unique one, sort of like a sequel, sort of like a sister show. Uh, at the convention, um, we have the the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. I don't know if you know them, but they are um, a drag uh, organization, a charity organization of drag queens who dress as nuns um, and raise money for charity. That's and they're all fabulous. That is brilliant. Um, oh. And we have the LA chapter performing a Whedon a Whedon themed drag show and uh it's it's so I mean you know that's just some of the evening programming we even have a fanfic after dark where um people will be reading the and I don't even think just people I think that the queens the drag queens will be reading the uh NC-17 fan fiction set in the Whedonverse yes <laughs> it's, it's called drag it's called drag nuns read smut Ah, uh, <laughs> because you know, um, you know that we've all been searching. We, we've all been in that fanfic chat room or whatever, searching for that NC seventeen Buffy fan. Right? <laughs> well, now you can come and listen to them in an audience read by a nun drag queen. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. And then we have we have pool parties. We have some stand up acts. We have a. A big damn shindig, which despite its name is all ages, and that's for Firefly. Um, and then we have Buffy the Prom at the Bronze, which is actually a repeat of an event we had last year that was very successful. 
And then we have these private cocktail parties, which I'm so jazzed about. Um, at WeedonCon, we like to – so we refer to ourselves as intimate by design because we're not one of the big conventions. You know, we're not – we don't even resemble WonderCon or San Diego Comic-Con with its hundreds of thousands of people. Like, we are intimate by design. If Great. you are staying at our hotel – you are going to see everybody who's there is like um, we our numbers we we our numbers are much smaller. We have a capacity of about a twelve hundred, a thousand, and people come and you just kind of get a chance to see and do it all, which is what's super cool. And our programming schedule is actually this year is way too busy to actually do it all, <laughs> but you do have a chance to see all of the talent you came there to see and to uh, check out all of our vendors in the Sunnydale Mall just because we have this, this vibe, this, like, inclusivity, this closeness. And to go with that, we have created these cocktail parties that are really, I think, pretty unique and also these meet and greets that I have to tell you about that I'm so excited about. Uh, but our cocktail parties, first, if you have – we have a – Women of Whedon cocktail party and a Wolfram and Hart company party, which is a cocktail party. And they, uh, each of those, are one is Friday night, one is Saturday night, and it's $60. But in that $60, you get two cocktails, and of course they're Whedon-themed cocktails of your choice. And then you also get, which in L.A., by the way, ha- offsets half the price right there. <laughs> uh, or your two cocktails, right? So your your sixty dollars is very quickly becoming a a worthwhile investment. Right. And then uh, and then you get to mingle. You and a limited number of people get to mingle with four of our talent at these parties. And it's not they're not sitting behind a table signing autographs or answering questions. They're standing there next to you. It's kicking it. Um. And we've got yeah. And there's going to be four for each party. And there's a couple appetizers and things and. Um, and I just think that's super cool. Like we have a little party like that last year and you just got to hang out and and talk to the people and it was their downtime and it was your downtime and you just got to be there and it was really neat. Um, and then our, and we have, we have afternoon parties too. We have a registered companion tea and an afternoon tea in the library. And both of those are $45. They come with tea and a couple snacks and then four celebrities also. Oh, and you so guys- you just kind of get to you get to chill and talk to them because like Whedon Whedon fans are um, I don't know I think I get the vibe and it's been my experience that Whedon fans want to know everything so mm-hmm. you don't just want to handshake a photo and a signature like you want to get to chill with these people exactly and it sounds and, like. Uh, like really thought all this through and like I am just in awe of the the creativity that just it seems as that's been put into all of this and that's fucking awesome like yeah well we want to be a special experience so we want to do things to make that true we want to be some place that people want to go and want to spend time at i have to tell you about our meet and greet so yes. our meet and greets are i just think they're so creative and i of course, I didn't come up with them, so I, I'm, I am in such awe of our uh, head of programming who did, because the idea for our meet and greets is instead of, you know, five minutes shaking hands or the coffee clutch where the um, person has to kind of 
I don't know if you've been to many meet and greets, but ours is, uh, let me skip to it. Okay. (laughs) We are playing. So our meet and greets is only 10 fans per room per talent. And it's one hour long. And you sit around a table and play cards against humanity. As one big group. Yes. So you, <laughs> I mean, so it's the difference between like, well, yeah, I asked Camden Toy a question once versus like, no, no, man, uh, Camden and I have inside jokes. Right. Like when, when I go up to Nikki Brendan and I say the rust bucket, he's going to think it's the funniest thing in the world. Like <laughs> it's just part of that experience that like we want to give you an unforgettable experience at Whedon Con. Holy and shit. that is like our... Our number two goal, our number one, is raising money for charity. Right. So is there a specific charity? Yes. So we rotate charities every year. This year, we have two charities. The first one is actually in honor of the late Ron Glass from Firefly, who played Shepherd Book. Um, he passed away this past December. And he had a charity that he was very, very passionate about. And it's called the Wooten Center, or the Al Wooten Jr. Heritage Center. And they provide free after-school programs for grades 3 through 12 and affordable summer programs for kids of the same age, for disadvantaged youth. And I just, I mean, like, Ron devoted his life to this charity. Like, this charity meant so much to him. And I'm so proud that we get to do something in his honor um, and raise funds for this charity, because it's, especially because it's such a worthy cause. Like, these, the kids are, the, those hours are such like a, they're up in the air for so many families. And I think it's so important to be able to know that your child is somewhere safe and somewhere where you can, you can breathe easy and know that they're getting taken care of and getting, maybe they're getting homework help. Maybe they're getting extra tutoring. Maybe they're getting, you know, what they could be doing for two hours at school is so much better than what they could be doing alone or trying to find their way home or um and so i just think that the wooten center is a totally worthy cause and we are so happy to be representing uh ron glass in doing that our second charity was actually brought to us by the sisters of perpetual indulgence and it's called my friend's place and it is a um homeless shelter and offers homeless services to to homeless youth in the la area and so within a, every year, they cycle through about one-third of the homeless youth population, and that's not a small population. Oh. Um, and they provide them with, your, with food, shelter, hot meals, hygiene supplies, but they go above and beyond. And this is why I think they're really a worthy cause. They also provide access to education and oh. access to the arts to oh. these homeless kids. And they have this reputation and WeedonCon is very inclusive, and we, I'm really very proud that uh, we're able to work with my friend's place, too, because they have this reputation of being the safe space for LGBT runaways and LGBT homeless kids. Right. Well, um, and that's, that's like a, there's a disproportionately large number of homeless kids are LGBT. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that they, when they do go to find that safe place, that they don't uh, still find themselves in any way persecuted or discriminated against. And my friend's place is very good at being an inclusive, 
open environment. And I am just so proud of both of our charities this year. I'm really happy to be able to give, uh, be able to raise money for them and raise money in their name. Well, that is awesome. Like, I mean, just the fact that, first of all, you're providing a specific group of fans with like an amazing and intimate and creative, outstanding experience, unforgettable experience, and also raising money for two extremely worthy causes and charities. And it's just like, you've got like the perfect situation right now. Like, you, it you... really is so cool. It is. I mean, we're doing, like I said, we're using his world to make ours a little better. And yeah. I think that's just so cool. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to drop out about Weed and Con? Before well, we... yes, I do. I missed some of the bullet points. Oh. Uh, Weed and Con is May 19th through 21st at the Warner Center Marriott in Los Angeles. We have a, um, if you purchase your membership, before, and we have day passes and weekend memberships. If you purchase your membership before May 14th, you'll get it at the online rate, which is only $60 for the whole weekend. So it's $20 a day for cosplay workshops, makeup tutorials, uh, Q&As with our stars, um, prom at the bronze, pool parties, uh, the Sunnydale Mall. Like it's $20 a day is a steal. Um, and if the price will go up after May 14th, so if if this episode airs before then, act now. Go to www.weedandcon.com um, and follow the links to our ticketing and membership. Um, we also have a uh, – oh, so the charities, I'm sorry. You can find more information about the Al Wooten Junior Heritage Center at wootencenter.org, and that's Wooten W-O-O-T-E-N, and myfriendsplace.org. Um, no apostrophe, of course. My friends, as though it were plural, place. And um, check us out. I mean, I think you'd be glad you did. Uh, and I hope that you can make it because now I know you actually can't make it. But I hope that your listeners can make it because it's a big party and it's all for charity. And I just think you'd be really glad you came. Awesome. Then, yes, this episode will air before May 14th. And so it'll okay, be good. Folks enough time to scramble it all together, get your get your coins in check and get your your plane tickets and hotels reserved and all that jazz and make sure you guys. go. Yeah, I'm serious. This sounds like and I will say I would like to have one more thing. I run the Weed and Con Facebook. And um, so go on and give us a like because we have uh when we're not, even when we're not making announcements, we are just kind of filling your day with a little bit of Whedon, a little bit of anniversary this and birthdays and jokes and memes, and it puts a, puts a little smile on your face. So come and like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. Um, even if you can't make it to the convention, check us out because we do raise money for charity, um, and we do a couple smaller events sometimes to raise money, too, for various other charities. So you might might want to follow us and see if there is one that you can make it to. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining me and giving us the lowdown and all the dirt on what's going down with Weed and Con. And um, again, like congratulations on the success and hopefully, you know, it just continues to get bigger and bigger. Well, as big as you want this intimate gathering to get. And, um... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So 
What did you guys think of Living Conditions? You can let us know by sending us a voice message uh, at 412-385-7250, or you can just record an MP3 file less than two minutes, please, and email it to revisitingsunnydale at gmail.com. We will play it on the air. You can also get at us on Twitter at Back to Sunnydale, or you can also leave a message or, you know, post or whatnot on our Facebook page, Revisiting Sunnydale. Next week's episode is Harsh Light of Day, which is another spike Fantastic episode. Dan may or not be with us next week. I don't know. We'll see how Marcella feels, or maybe my, or maybe uh, Dan wants to get in on the on fun just just for scuzz. I have an orange microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> this doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> so, um, on that note. Hedwig, etc. We're going to <laughs> we're going to peace out. So, peace. as like I said, uh, subscribe, follow, like us, talk to us, call us, all the things we want to talk to you. Back to Sunnydale on Twitter. You can follow me, Camila, on Twitter at the underscore rugged angel. Dan's not on Twitter, and you can follow Marcella on Twitter at mspear seven three three eight. All right, guys. So obviously, you know the song that we're going to have to go out on. Until next time. <laughs> get that get that all up in your brain, Craw. <laughs> and uh, get your glow sticks out. And get the-, the only way to beat this song is to embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, guys. Thank you, Dan, for filling in. My <laughs> pleasure. Sure. Arg.